This is TDPS. Hi, I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and everyone here at TDPS would like to congratulate my co-host and best friend, Christopher Rice, also known as steamy romance author C. Travis Rice, on the publication of Sapphire Storm, the third novel in his Sapphire Cove series. Sapphire Storm is the drama-filled tale of a forbidden romance that exposes old secrets and incurs the wrath of the powerful and the famous. It went on sale March 7th, along with the first two entries in the series, Sapphire Sunset and Sapphire Spring. It's available wherever eBooks are sold. Congratulations, C. Travis Rice, and congratulations, Christopher. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. Do you have a question or comment about this podcast? Then come share it with us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the dinner party show, no spaces, and we'll do our best to answer it on the show. Just watch out for our aggrieved manservant, Shea Butters. He moderates the page and he's been known to talk smack about the two of us. Most of what he says about you is true, though. We can discuss this later. That's right, at Facebook.com slash The Dinner Party Show. No, I meant in the car. Hi, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you're listening to TDPS Presents Christopher. And Eric. And welcome to Justice for Billy Month, Eric Shaw Quinn. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, something I didn't, I have to admit, I, I didn't know we would ever... Yeah. Get to this place. If you're joining us for the first time, we're going to catch you up on sort of where we are with this. For the past few years, we have been talking about a cold case, what was once a cold case, the murder of a young gay man named Billy Newton, who was last seen leaving a West Hollywood nightclub on the evening of October 28, 1990. Which was a connection we actually made on the podcast through our tip line, through absolutely. Ron Wheeler, uh, a listener and a contributor. Uh, Ron Wheeler contacted us after we started talking about the case. Bill, Billy, the details of the murder itself were that Billy's severed head and feet were found in trash bags in a dumpster in Hollywood the morning after he was last seen alive in West Hollywood. Uh, Ron Wheeler contacted us to say that he had seen Billy, had met Billy that night at Rage Nightclub, and had seen him leave in the presence of a man who bore a striking resemblance to serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer. For... Um, for months, we talked about this connection, and then we were contacted by the homicide detective from the Los Angeles Police Department, Detective John Lamberti, who heard our podcast in his review of the cold case file and reached out to us and began a conversation with us about the case. Which we were completely blown away by that the that they were even listening, let alone that they would have be interested in hearing from us. We were then contacted by a documentarian named Rachel Mason, who was also looking into the case. She had done a movie called Circus of Books, which was on Netflix, uh, which is on Netflix currently. About her family bookstore. Right, Circus of Books, a well-known... amazing connection to the world of gay porn. A well-known porn store here in West Hollywood. Legendary. Legendary. Uh, and so... Um, who we didn't meet, we're going to meet for the first time this month, was a, another amateur detective named Clark Williams, who was uh, also fascinated with this murder because he is from the same area of Wisconsin that Billy Newton was born in. Right. And uh, so this is a really long way of saying this case has been solved. Through, the collect through that group of people that we just described to you, right. us, Rachel, Clark. Clark. And, of course— 
Detective, John, yeah. <laughs> Detective John Lamberti. Right. And the LAPD. I We actually, we have, there's a confessed killer. This the, case yeah. is closed and solved. It is, un, we're, we're beyond anything. This is beyond our wildest expectations. I, I think when we started talking about it, it was during the pandemic. Um, for all of our episodes about this can be found at thedinnerpartyshow.com on our homepage. We made a special section and put them all in one place. You can sort of start at the beginning and follow the chronology of this up through these episodes this month. Um, we really just thought we watched the Michelle McNamara documentary. Right. I'll be gone in the dark on HBO. And we thought, well, this is about her obsession with this case. That would be an interesting topic for the show. We right. should pick cases and talk about our own obsessions with them. And, you know, just that's it began as simply as that. I had followed the case for a long time. There was precious little about it on the Internet. It was, you know, Billy was uh, a gay adult video performer, but he was a performer in a time where the industry was not digitized. So there wasn't a it wasn't like today where he would have had an OnlyFans account and, and an Instagram following. Death of a gay man at a time when that yeah. didn't really mean much to people. And so there was very little coverage of it. It was regularly listed on, you know, the top, the list of top 10 gruesome unsolved Hollywood homicides. And there would be, you know, somebody hugely famous. And then there would be Billy, the gay porn star whose right. head was found in a dumpster in Hollywood. And uh, I poked around it and I poked around. I did know that in 2005, the detective who had been assigned to the murder at the time, or one of them, Wendy Berndt, had become supervisor of the Hollywood station. And she had used her position to really reinvigorate the case. Cops, as we've learned, open, close, they don't like that terminology. A case is either solved or it isn't, you know, open or, or, or uh, cold, I meant to say. They don't like the term cold case because it implies they're ignoring something when they may not be necessarily. They may just be at a dead end. Right. So they, in 2005, there was a little flurry of activity. But every time the case was covered, the only people who were willing to cover it were adult video industry uh, trade journals. And, you know, the respectable journalists, you know, J.C. Adams, Mickey Ski, people who wrote about the industry as a business, you know. And it is. And it's it is. Hugely profitable, really enormous business. And they they covered it. And I had their articles to go off of, but not much else. So I started, I knew that his father had been working um, with the police department in 2005 to really try to, to try to drum up any lead because there was never a lead in all this time. And then I discovered through some a newspaper archiving that that he had passed away. And I thought, and it just so happened that this was going to be the 30th anniversary of the right. case. Yeah. Coming up just shortly after we did the Michelle McNamara episode, yeah, the the anniversary of Billy's passing was yeah was coming that October. It happened right around Halloween here, which was a which is kind of a huge holiday in West Hollywood. The city of Los Angeles really celebrates Halloween here. We close the main street and there's a big yeah. Mardi Gras or whatever you want to call it. A huge Costume sort parade, of, but not really an organized parade, just a sort street of a big festival. Carnival. Yeah. And everybody, it used to be that everybody came down, all the queens came down and we all got in our yeah. big costumes and we all marched up and down the street and got drunk and went in and out of the bars and it grew into... Kind of an enormous festival, so it was. It's kind of a big event here, of and to itself, and it was the the backdrop for the tragedy of Billy's death. The other thing I will say is that, um, just to be clear, it wasn't Jeffrey Dahmer. Like we were always 
we, the, we always felt that the best we would ever be able to do with that lead was prove that it wasn't because right. he's such a known entity. We figured we it would be possible to determine that he could not have been in West Hollywood at that time. Mm-hmm. That was really as close as we ever thought we would get so that maybe it was a possibility, but we might be able to prove that it wasn't. And we really didn't think it would go farther than that. Actually, more was explored with uh, around that topic than than we realized, yes. even during the, the course of this phase of the investigation. But it was determined pretty specifically that it absolutely wasn't and could not have been Jeffrey Dahmer. So that left us with kind of like, okay, so who's it going to be? And there were some leads and some some ideas, and slowly but surely during this two-year period, those kind of trickled away. Yeah, they really did. And when um, we established the tip line or our tip email line, William Newton Investigation at gmail.com. And, and it's still open. It's still open because as you'll hear today, there are aspects there of the are case some that are yeah, still unanswered, unanswered questions. questions. Yeah. Um, that's how Ron Wheeler contacted us with with his account of what he saw in Rage Nightclub the night he met Billy and the last night Billy was seen alive. But you're right. It had all started to fade away. And when Detective Lamberti has made two visits to the show, one on Zoom, one in the studio, and in his last visit, he was he said, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where to go. They had uh, – everybody thinks DNA – It didn't sound like a huge queen like that. <laughs> That was that know. was Christopher's take on it. He was really more. In fact, we will review what he did actually say because yeah. he's back. Yeah, he's back. He's back. He's Detective Lambert will be joining us in a moment to discuss this I, just watershed moment. I still I can't quite believe that we are at a place where we are solving this this terrible tragedy, this long injustice, unbelievable, and getting justice for Billy. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And Eric and I aren't just podcasters. And bitches. That's right. We're also authors, and you can buy all of our books at www.thedinnerpartyshow.com or tdps.tv and wherever ebooks are sold. At thedinnerpartyshow.com or tdps.tv, you can check out my Right Murder mystery series. Or sample my Burning Girl thrillers. The best part is, the more you buy our books, the less likely we'll end up filling the spot with an annoying ad for a napkin that counts your calories. The TDPS Network, alienating potential advertisers one promo at a time. Welcome back to TDPS Presents Christopher and Eric. You really never left TDPS Presents Christopher and Eric, so I don't know why I say that. It was our commercial break. <laughs> right. So buy our books, buy our books, buy our books. <laughs> buy our books. Joining us for the second time in studio, joining us for the third time, the first time was on Zoom during the pandemic. From his vacation, yes, I might add. From his vacation, Detective John Lamberti. Welcome back. Hi, thanks to be nice to be here. Thanks for making the drive during this terrible rainstorm that we are suffering through in Southern California. Currently. I mean, you really have to. I can't believe we picked the only day that it rains in Southern California <laughs> to make you drive all the way over here. Sorry, it's okay. I, I drive up here every day, so. Okay, so we're going to start our conversation with you today by playing a brief clip from your last visit, which was in November of last year. Okay, so we're going to cue that up and play it now. All right. Are there any leads? Do, are we at a are we at a standstill now with no, it again? We're, or? We're, I feel like 
I'm at the point now, unless somebody comes forward with new information, that I've I've turned over every rock I, I can. Mm. I can. I, there's no new investigative avenues for me to take. Um, you know, his uh, Billy's um, boyfriend at the time mm-hmm. uh, has been interviewed countless times. His story hasn't changed. Everybody who's been re-interviewed yeah. over the years tells the same story normally if you know people are trying to hide something they'll slip up they'll make they'll make yeah. mistakes they'll tell you know, their story will ch- everybody's stories have been completely consistent so it yeah i don't i i don't see where else we have to go with and then here we are and, and, and then, then exactly what you said it, it, that might like, needed to happen it, it, yeah, happened unless there's new information and and can unless I, somebody comes forward with new information you said in a prescient moment and then, can I swear on this show? Yes. Yeah. yes. Holy fucking shitballs. I yeah. mean. Uh, so yeah. when <laughs> that you was were... our reaction. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yes. Because what you were saying, you're, the, the purpose of your last visit here was really to say, we were going to get nothing out of DNA. You had gotten everything you possibly could. There right. wasn't enough DNA to really run sophisticated samples on. There was not enough to upload Correct. to CODIS. You had some unidentified male DNA yes. on the remains and on Billy's shirt, which we learned were yes. stuffed into the trash bag with his severed head and feet. Yeah. Other than that, and you were like, and it was a crash course for us and how little you can do if you don't have a big, healthy sample of right. DNA. right. On top of it all being in a dumpster, yes. which is what Eric has said right along. I've yeah. always thought that was yeah. very compromising. And there was, and you had said all along that it was going to be somebody, if it was going to happen, and so often with these cold cases it was, that some completely unexpected source emerges. Yep. And that's what we asked that's... for in that moment was if anybody has seen anything, has a picture or whatever – Here's our tip line. Let okay. us know. And, and I'm, I'm just going to give people a timeline here. That was November of 2022 when yep. you, you gave that interview. And then we heard from you again. And let me, I'm literally bringing up the text messages. I yeah. think it was January. Yeah, no, it January. wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't that. No, well, yeah, that's exactly well, when it was. Well, tell us yeah. what happened next. So you, we've all come. And we were. Honestly, I have to say from the start, we thought maybe we're just going to bring attention to Billy and keep him in people's minds. Right. But the idea of solving it was maybe kind of a, a, a Hail Mary. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I had just put the case you know, back into our archives. I mean, like, I got I to gotta move on to other stuff, you know. Mm. Um, and then maybe a couple weeks later, I got an email from Rachel Mason, who is, uh, as you know, the filmmaker making the documentary about Billy She'll be here in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, we'll be talking to her. And uh, got the email from her with a whole workup that her researcher, Clark Will, uh, Clark Williams, had... Um, also coming in? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so this whole workup on Daryl Madden, who I had never heard of before, and I read this thing that he wrote, and... You know, we get a lot of crackpot tips from people mm. from, you know, internet detectives and psychics <laughs> and people who have seen, you know, visions We've from one or two. Yeah. Mm. Visions from Martians or whatever, you know. But I read this and I was like, well, hello, this is this is uh, highly detailed and sourced. And uh, there's stuff that I can dig my teeth into and, and research. And and every time I turned around and looked at more information about this guy. I was like, wow, I really need to go 
look into this more. And to, to, to catch our, our listeners up, and I think a lot of them have probably read the LA Times article. Yeah. Kevin Rector will be here uh, in a few weeks as well. We're okay. going to talk to him uh, via Zoom. Um, what, what, what Clark did was he began investigating the connections, how can I be diplomatic about this, that originated from a private citizen who right. had been helping the LAPD at the time, and that was a gentleman named Rick Pesquet. Right. Um, and it's now public knowledge that Rick was also directing adult gay adult films under the name Richard Lawrence, which is in the LA Times article right. as well. So Clark began investigating other performers that Rick had worked with. Correct. Now, I, I don't know if you want to comment on this or not, but and we're going to ask Clark about this some, but some of this seems to be precipitated by some suspicion of Rick Biscay and his involvement. Yeah, it was a... It, yeah, I'm, we're always skeptical of everybody, you know, in, yeah. in our uh, position. So, yeah, you know, occupational hazard. Yeah, for sure. yeah. So, so you know, I looked at this uh, this possible connection because Rick Pesquet, who has since died, uh, spent years working with Wendy Burnt, who was the the original uh, detective on the case. Yes, um, feeding her information from the community that probably she wouldn't have been able to get herself as a as a an LAPD cop, right? Mm-hmm. So to find out that he was also had this kind of double life as a as a, a porn director and looking at it more then okay, now he's got uh this Billy Houston slash Daryl Madden guy performing in his in his movies and that production company's uh back door opened up into the alley where Billy's body was found. Right. Like all of those things were like, well, did Rick, I didn't, I never, I never thought Rick did it, but like maybe he knew something about it that he, that he wasn't, and maybe he was just feeding, uh, you know, information of the LAPD in order to try to get information back. Or, or steer you yeah, in a different direction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it turns out that wasn't, it was not true at all. It was just a, a just a coincidence. Although I will say, I have said right along, once we saw the site, one of the things that was clear to me was perhaps the most ideal place to have committed this murder and cut up the body and disposed of it in the way that they did was in one of the studios in the area where the body was actually found. And when I when I found that connection between the uh, between the <clears throat> the porn director or the the studio and the alley, the first thought that came into my mind was. Holy shit, Eric was right. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Props to Eric Jacquin. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that yeah. had happened. I didn't know I was setting up that. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I'm and, honored and that I, a police officer actually thought that. Yeah. And, and I don't I don't think the murder actually happened in that alley. Um, but I think Daryl and and whoever his cohorts were were familiar with the area right. yeah, enough. Well, and, yeah. and let me let me sort of catch people up because this is where we left off. We we talked for years about the fact that Billy Newton was last seen leaving Rage Nightclub, possibly in the presence of a previously unidentified man who possibly bore a striking resemblance to Jeffrey Dahmer. And part of your visit last time was about, was you saying I have exhausted the Dahmer Avenue, right? Right. But which the, we were always dubious of. I just thought I thought the important important part about the story. I do believe Ron Wheeler saw Billy with someone in that moment, but I also believed it was possibly someone we had never known about sure. before. Yeah. And so it was about filling in Billy's last movements before he the moment of his abduction and yeah. murder. 
So the confession right. that we you weren't dubious of Ron, we were dubious no. that yeah. of it yeah. being yeah, actually absolutely. Jeffrey yeah. Dahmer. In fact, we I had said I thought the best we could do was prove that it absolutely wasn't. Right, we right. We would never prove that it was. So the confession that you got from Daryl Lynn, and there are a few steps in there about how you got to that place, yeah. how you got from Clark's email to a prison in Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, picked up the timeline matched. Daryl Lynn said, I was out with two fellow skinheads, yep. right? And you can take it from here if you want, what, what uh, Daryl Lynn yeah, said to you. Uh, uh, Daryl Lynn. Well, get yeah. us to your interview with Daryl Lynn. Uh, so we, uh, you know, it was after I figured out, you know, well, this is all these things are coming together. You know, I turned to my partner and I'm like, hey, we, we, we're, you ever been to Oklahoma? Like, we're, we're going <laughs> to yeah. check it off the bucket list. You Looks know? like it's because time to what, go. Yeah. What Clark had figured out was that one of Rick Pesquet's old performers had committed a very similar murder yes. in Oklahoma. And, ha- and had bragged to somebody in Oklahoma, I also killed people in L.A. Uh, he had he had said that to uh, the author, David McConnell. Um, and uh, David McConnell wrote a book called American Honor Killings. Right. That profiled um, the, the, the murders that... Daryl Lynn Madden had committed uh, in Oklahoma in 2007. So he killed, he and his skinhead associate, yeah, had killed a skinhead. Yeah, had killed a. They had posed as um, sex workers and killed a gay man in Oklahoma City named Stephen Domer, and then uh, Madden, after that murder. Uh, killed his accomplice in the murder, Bradley Qualls, right. uh, and then was eventually uh, caught trying to carjack a car after that murder, got shot by the police, and ended up uh, getting convicted and, and got two life sentences. Okay. So, but in but in in interview this interview with McCall, I guess, there was the, the McConnell, author. McConnell. McConnell. Yeah. He had also confessed that he was... That he had done similar things in Los Angeles. He said he had done one in Los Angeles and one in Houston. Yeah, one oh. in Houston. Yeah. Okay. So okay. that's what the book said. So I so I read that, and it was at, I read that section of the book, and that was the point where I was like, okay, it's time to book some tickets to Oklahoma. And Clark yeah. called your attention to this author to these honor killings. Yes. Or that was yeah, it? I had no idea about okay. that book either. Yeah. All right. Clark so, went and he found the book based off the Rick Pesquet connection. Right. And so you get you book your tickets. You and your partner and your your part. How long have you been working with this partner? So uh, we uh, started working together uh, at the end of August of twenty two. So okay. not that long. She's brand new in homicide. She's yeah. a very very uh, smart, talented detective, but she's new to homicide. So there's a lot to learn. So you know, one of the things I told this her after, quite a yeah, lot. I was like, just just don't so you know, they don't time. all end like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, so, Enjoy this. So uh, yeah, so we we uh, went out to Oklahoma and uh, drove out to the prison and sat down and and we we knew that we knew that Madden had started a, a gender transition. Mm-hmm. We weren't really sure what what we were gonna uh, encounter when we got there, and uh, and forgive me if I screw up the pronouns because they have been giving me fits uh, mm-hmm. on, on this because, it, you know, you, you read about somebody as a man and then now they're a woman and you're trying to be respectful. But anyway, Madden walks into the room and I, she's got long hair, uh, face tattoos that have since been covered up that used to say skinhead, uh, uh, a teardrop tattoo that's been covered up with now has a heart, mm. got the... Um, 
the yarmulke, the knitted pink yarmulke, mm-hmm. and the little talits that come out of the pockets, you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, the little string. Uh, and I'm, I'm not Jewish, so, you know, she's got the full, you know, Orthodox Jew outfit, uh, brand new fake breasts. Mm-hmm. A- and uh, so we're sitting down with this Nazi skinhead transgender porn actor orthodox jew like i i, I how many I, qualifiers I, I was i was yeah. just like I, I didn't even know how to start my partner tamara she uh and she was great and uh, you know immediately said you know hi miss madden and then mm-hmm. started it off respectfully right. like that and i think Go that ahead. uh that got us off on the right foot and and I, you know, she was very, very um, Madden. I mean, was very, very personable, almost like uh, very easy to talk to, friendly, um, very, huh. very uh, open about everything that she had done, and initially denied. But after you know a little bit of, I don't want to get too much into the sure. details of the confession, of course. Yeah. But um, eventually, you know, came came clean and, and told us what happened and yeah it was the most intense interview i think i've ever had and was she, what, yeah. on her part was not she? well yeah yeah once once she started getting into the details of what happened and and acknowledging that she did it she you know teared up a little bit and and was uh i thought expressing genuine remorse um mm-hmm. good you, you know whether it was real or not, I mean, we're talking about somebody who's done really horrible things and, and was very manipulative throughout their whole life. So even the affectation would be something, right? Exactly. So, uh, uh, you know, we we talked to her for about ninety minutes, and then uh, afterwards, I was I was really just kind of like, you know, I was at a loss for words. I had to just stop and like kind of catch my breath because I mm. couldn't believe what had just happened. You know, because we we figured. At the best, we were going to get out of that interview. That we were going to go in there and uh, get lied to, and then we would be able to dis- maybe disprove right. some of the right. lies and 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 go about it that way. Right. But to get a full confession, I mean, I, I like that was not expecting that. And no. the confession was that she, at the time of the murder, was driving around West Hollywood with two accomplices. Yep. They saw Billy Newton walking down the street in the general vicinity of where he would have been when he left Rage Nightclub, right, right. which we knew from the timeline that existed. Yep. They got out of their car. They said to him, we're going to rob you yep. uh, if you don't come with us. Yep. Uh, or we're going to rob you no matter what. No matter you what. better come with yeah. us. Uh, Billy agrees. It goes with them. They yep. go to a location that Madden has not identified or that is not publicly known. Well, he, he uh, or she, um, again, sorry, uh, she said that she thought they went to to Billy's apartment. We know that 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 wasn't true. They couldn't have gone to Billy's apartment. But she also said, I could be confusing this because I've done this a bunch of times. I'm like, wow. Okay. Um, So they went somewhere uh, where uh, Madden strangled Billy and then she insisted that I left. I I couldn't have cut up the body. That's not... Which you know. continues to be a source of interest for me. Right. Yeah. So, and she was reluctant to identify the accomplices. Not not reluctant, just just straight up refused. Like, just, I'm not doing it. 
like you're not going to get that out of me, you know, because you know it, this is somebody who has to live in prison. Yeah, and if it gets and if it gets out that yeah. you're a snitch, you're you're you know you're done. You you, you know you can rat on yourself, but you One rat on other people. Confess, you know, sure. yeah, yeah. It, no, so, I, makes sense. Yeah, so but probably do, do got you, to be challenging to be transgender in prison to begin with. Yeah, do you think that? There's a, that Madden has put herself at any risk just making this confession for that reason. Mm, I doubt it. I mean, you're 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 in a you're in a, a facility that's full of murderers. You know, yeah. they've killed all kinds of different people, and, right. and so yeah, I don't think um, she would be at any further risk. Uh, you know, no, I don't think so. So has this taken you down any investigative alleys about skinhead activity in West Hollywood in the 90s? Because I, I was ignorant about I didn't know this was going really on. really was a surprise. This wasn't me. even something we thought to consider. We always thought there were homophobic monsters out there that took all sorts of shapes and forms. Yeah. You know, but we were talking serial killer. But serial killer can include anyone who is killed on a regular basis right. and knows how to do it and execute the crime. Yeah. Uh, I've kind of sort of looked into the the skinhead activity in in the early 90s a little bit but without any any other uh crimes to link it to like i have to find like a murder you know that that happened that that i can investigate i i i just don't have the time to just start no. looking into the history yeah. of all the skinheads that have ever you know traipsed the streets of west hollywood you know yeah right. no absolutely and i think you know that was something that we had talked about that that when you talk about real cases and you interact with real investigators you realize that the dream, the Hollywood fantasy of the detective who can just give their entire life to one case for oh, the yeah. rest of their life is a fantasy. Absolutely. Um, but it does get at a question that one of our, our party people, as we call them, one mm -hmm. of our listeners asked on Facebook, which was, um, and I'm going to find out who asked it in a second, but they wanted to know how often podcasts play a role in the solving of cold cases. Uh, well, as far as my career, um, counting this one, it's one. <laughs> <laughs> that was Samiko Salson who asked that question, okay. by the way. So one, Samiko. I, I know there have been yeah. podcasts that have, for In example, Orange County. Didn't they actually do a podcast just to catch somebody? The Runaway Husband podcast or something like that. Uh, probably, uh, but it, I know there have been um, there have been podcasts that have. Uh, helped exonerate people who were wrongfully convicted. Mm. Um, as far as solving, I don't know. I'm sure there have been because there's so many, but I, yeah. this is the first one I'm aware of. Yeah. So you got this confession. So we're special. You, you got this confession, <laughs> and the next step was to take it to the district attorney here in Los Angeles right. County. Um, the district attorney decided not to prosecute. Was that something you were expecting? Were you highly disappointed? What was your response? No, to I actually... Uh, I actually went to them and said, look, we have this confession. We have nothing else to corroborate it. Besides, yeah. You know, we have, we, he, you know, Madden did give us some, some details that, that weren't publicly known, uh, that convinced us that, that she was the killer. However, outside of that confession, we have no other evidence. And in order to obtain a conviction, you have to have some evidence, some corroborating evidence outside of the confession. Right. Um, plus, we've got. Is that a California thing, or is that? No, a it's more pretty universal. pretty universal. Okay, yeah. Good. I'm glad to hear. Is yeah. it is it a, a law, or is it just good sense that no, the, no, it, the confession can be retracted? It's part of the minute? it's part of the evidence code in, in okay. California, at least, yeah. and I'm I'm sure it's the same way everywhere else. Um, so, I went to them and said, "Look, I got this. I 
I don't think we can take this to court. I'm confident that that Madden is the killer, mm-hmm. but this would I actually thought this would be a nightmare to take to trial because not only do we have just a confession without uh, very much corroborating evidence, we've got 32 years of other investigative avenues that right. that have been looked into that just create reasonable doubt in you know would create reasonable doubt in the mind of a jury. You know, you got 12 jurors. On our side, we've got to convince all 12. The defense only has to convince one that right. that we don't have enough to, or to that convict. there's a more viable candidate, or there's enough for doubt. Right. That this right. So, didn't do it. Uh, so between the fact that we know Madden is going to die in prison in Oklahoma and the other evidentiary issues we have, we were confident and we had enough to close out the case within the LAPD. Um, and the DA and I were on the same page. Like we, we can't prosecute this Mm -hmm. even though, you know, we've got enough to close it out. Even Uh, if Madden pleaded guilty, would that take away the burden of evidentiary corroboration? Not really, because, you know, I've been in that situation before where where we've had not on a murder, but, a, a a little lower stakes burglary case, but we did have somebody who confessed. We didn't have any other evidence. The judge would not allow that person because there was no to corroboration. plead guilty because, like, no, if you take this to trial, like, where you, where the jury's not going to, I'm not going to allow the jury to find you guilty. So I'm not going to accept a guilty plea. Wow. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and that, and I would add here, it's also kind of a blessing for Billy's family. Oh yeah, yeah. they 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 had no. They don't have to read. They had no this. interest in enough in, is enough. You know, it, it'd be it'd be one thing if if Madwin's still running around free. You know, that'd be a, a whole other uh, discussion. But they right. they are comfortable with the fact that Madden is going to die in prison in Oklahoma. Because what a trial looks like for the family is that if the defense has to prove it could have been anybody else other than Madden, say Madden reverses his or her confession, excuse me. Um, then, then Billy's life from that period is on the surgical table. Oh, absolutely! You know, yeah. this is his, a sa- he was a sex worker. All the stuff that mm-hmm. we have worked to try to overcome sure. in our yeah. conversation about the case becomes relevant. We know that he was on methamphetamine at the time of the yep. of the murder. All of that becomes look at this. Look at how this person was living. It could have been anyone. You know. Yeah. And they they get spared that. You know, and I, I think it, it. And when I heard they were comfortable with that decision, I mean, I was like, who am I to be uncomfortable with that right. decision? Right. You know? Yeah. I think um, in terms of what it means, the, the the case is closed. Yes. Okay. And so we still have people who are very much, I think, us among them. Who were these accomplices? They. It sounds like if Madden's who confession, his body in this way. If right. we believe what Madden says of that moment, that we that, that we don't know who disposed of the body, and that is the most gruesome and horrifying aspect of this crime Absolutely. is the disposal and the dismemberment. Yeah. Um, will there? Will there? Do you need another person to come forward with a big email <laughs> full of connections? Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I would because I. I, yeah. I really have. N- you know, there were there were a lot of skinheads running around, and Madden uh, really gave us no no clue as to who those Do you people might have been. It's possible that Madden actually was part of that and just can't bring herself to, con- sure. to confess to it. I, the thing that makes me ask that is the is the location, right? Because yes. Madden Absolutely. has the yeah. most viable connection to that yep. particular location. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I mean, look, th- we're talking about somebody who. It is 
been an extreme manipulator their whole life, you know, and, and has done some really horrible things. Apparently, yes. Uh, and so, you know, who's to say that they, you know, she just didn't want to admit to that part, but was okay admitting, I, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, it, it, it's, a, one can't actually fully understand the reasoning of somebody who made the decision to do those things in the first place. But my yeah. other question was, was Madden on methamphetamine at the time of the murder? Do we have any evidence suggesting that? Uh, I, I really would have no way to tell from, I, now she did discuss her drug use at some point and that thing she was drinking at that time, but hadn't started using drugs, but yeah. uh, I'm not sure exactly. I don't want to speak exactly to the timeline because I, I can't remember off the top well, of my head. Well, and, and it's in how well can Madden speak to the timeline after 30 years? Exactly. 30 years of living a life that defined by drug use and murder. Right. To, right. To, to find a point on it. Exactly. Um, you know, the thing that bugs me, and I this may sound petty, is I don't believe for a second that they got out of that truck and, and threatened to rob Billy. I think they promised Billy a good time. I think that's how they got Billy to go with. Well, I mean, that's how that's how yeah. they got uh, Stephen Domer in Oklahoma City exactly. to, to come along. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm, yeah, it, I, that seems to be part of the plan, party favors. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's well, have fun. Because yeah. how did he get the drugs in his system if they didn't come from somewhere? And I think it's right. important to note, just to fill in, as you, the, I think part of the reason we know it's impossible they went back to Billy's apartment is Billy was sharing an apartment with three other roommates, right. so it's a throuple, a couple, yes. and, and was supposed to meet them that afternoon and evening and never showed up. Yeah, and they, right. they you know, they came back to the apartment right around the t same time that, that Madden says the, the kidnapping happened. So it, they couldn't have gone back to that apartment because the the roommates were, were back home by then. Yeah, know? totally. So what the, what has this been like for you personally? You said to us at one point you don't get a lot of wins in the cold case business. No. This is a win. No, this was this was huge. I yeah. mean, this is uh it's it's definitely it, in, as far as cold cases, it's it's not the oldest cold case I've ever solved, but it's definitely the for me it's the most impactful because we've still got um you know, living relatives that were, right. were affected, and and something this this affected like a a huge community. There were so many people who were you know on edge after Billy got killed. You know, are there there are people out there targeting yeah. our community? And yes, people and, were talking about it when I moved to town, and right. that was a year later. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and and I think you know some of what motivated us to begin talking about it when we did was we discovered that some of his family members were passing away. Like his father, who, as we later learned through the LA Times article, had a very strained relationship with him when he yeah. was alive, kind of picked up the torch for justice for Billy after he was dead. Right. And was very active in the 2005 attempt to sort of reopen the investigation, which Wendy Burnt, the original detective, spearheaded when yep. she was made the supervisor of Hollywood Station. So discovering that he had passed away, which I found through newspaper archives and an obituary, I thought, Billy is losing his defenders. Oh, if somebody, absolutely. If we yeah. don't start talking about this. It was part of the reason that yeah. we were inspired to take up the cause. Yeah. 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 I will say that the, one of the, the, the most moving moments were was when I talked to his sisters, uh, mm -hmm. who uh, one of them, when I called her, she was driving, and I said, yeah, I'm going to need you to pull over. And it was good because she completely, you know, just, just broke down. I'm and, sure. I'm sure. And I have to have, you know, especially because I also work fresh cases, I have to have these terrible conversations with people about, 
you know, telling them that their loved one has, has just yeah. been murdered, yes. right? Which, and it, it's just awful. It never gets easy. But to be able to have like sort of the opposite conversation and say we we found mm. the person after all these years, I mean that was that was really kind of a special that's a special moment. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm glad you told her to pull over because <laughs> you yeah. see that scene in movies and you right? like, tell them to pull. You know, yeah. but, but I mean, because yeah, I mean, I had a few conversations with one of his sisters over the internet, and 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 they were clearly just uh, there's that. <laughs> When someone comes along like us, private citizens, they can either perceive us as poking at the wound or actually going to do some good. And I think her attitude was that she seemed to think we could potentially do some good. And yeah. she listened to our podcast and she thought, you know, it was it was she was glad that somebody else was talking about it, you know. And she was she was open to the possibility at the time that it could have been Dahmer and it was something she had considered previously and right. been connected to the case previously. But I, I'm glad because I think for you, it can be hard as an investigator if the family doesn't want to talk about it at all. Oh, yeah. And when you're talking yeah. about a gay sex worker in the 1990s, that's a distinct possibility. Sure, yeah. Don't bring him up. Absolutely. We've, dis- we've talked about other cases. We've covered other cases where the family has backed away yeah. at the revelation that their murdered loved one was, was gay, gay, much yeah. less yeah. an adult yeah. video performer. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so are you and Clark going to start working on other cases? I told, I told Clark, I said, look, you want to get on the books as a volunteer with yeah. the LAPD? I will, I will take you into my office in a second because, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm a really good researcher. I'm really, it's one of my strongest. Uh, you would have to be in your right job. in this job. You have. I'm extremely good at digging up old facts. Clark makes me look like an amateur. Like yeah. he is, he's almost like a savant. The way he connects all these different things together, and it, it was nuts. It was crazy that that yeah. he was able to do all that stuff. It is an astonishing connection. Yeah. Like that, when you got back in touch with us, it was yeah. you were clearly completely blown out of the water. Absolutely, we were yeah. completely blown what out of the water. What could he possibly want to tell us? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was it, it was, and then was we had deal. to be quiet about it. Then right, you, yeah. you talked. Yeah. We were literally at the point. I think the day you called, we were like, "Should we text John? Because I'm going nuts." Like he <laughs> said, he was working on this. It would take a few months, but I've got to know. Yeah, yeah. I've got to know because. I think you made it pretty clear in your initial contact with us it wasn't Dom. It was a new lead, yeah. you said. And I thought we were like, what the hell could it be? Right. You know? Particularly given that, that conversation we right. just played. No, and I think yeah. I said to you, I said, this is the biggest lead this case has ever, probably ever seen. Yeah. And then I... Uh, uh, don't tell anyone. Right. Don't, yeah, don't. By <laughs> the way, like, just ah! shut up about right. it. Yeah. <laughs> totally. All right. We'll go back to talking about a Discovery ID show we watched last right? week. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it was really it was torture. And then and then when you actually did, you then had to wait. We all had to wait on the DA to make a decision right, right. before Yeah, yeah. it's it, it it took a you know, it took a while. Yeah, but, yeah. It was a while and yeah. so we were we were delighted you could come back. I have to ask. We're just, I think we're just about out of yes. time. But if this was not the oldest cold case that you solved, what was the oldest? Uh, we've, uh, back, I think 1967 was the oldest one we've done. Wow. Yeah. 67, 68, and 79 are the oldest ones I've, I've Wow. Done. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's impressive. And those are those are. I mean, those are separate podcasts. I mean, that's the yeah. Yeah, we, we could. We'll be happy to come back to that. Yeah, I'm mean, and, and yeah. In the next case, you and Clark want to spread the word about <laughs> the, your chair is open. Please, right? please keep us in mind, and there's plenty yeah. of room here for the both of you. Yeah. And Clark will be here next week to talk to us. Absolutely, the TDPS presents. And I, I do just want to say on on behalf of of the LAPD, like you guys, if you had not 
done that first podcast and gotten this on my radar, me having the all the background knowledge that that was necessary to go into that interview with Madden, I wouldn't have gotten all that if you guys hadn't just kind of given me that spark to to take the the the, sh- the book off the shelf and and uh, like I would not have we wouldn't have been here right now if it wasn't for you two guys. So I, I <laughs> really um, okay. Wow. Okay. So we're going to end on an emotional thing, yeah, John. Yeah. <laughs> was, that is, we are so honored and yeah. we so thank you for your service yeah, with this. Thank like, you. We've wanted this for Billy so and didn't really even imagine that it would happen when we first started talking well, about it. Well, it's just such a testament to how far we've come on some of these issues socially and culturally with the LAPD and with police departments and a lot of police departments in general that you would give the case this much attention and time. We really thought we were going to be the only advocates for this yeah. Yeah. guy and you really you got in touch with you us. Put and you put Billy yeah. on the front page of the new of the LA Times. Yeah, right. that was that's that was uh, well done. Quite a you. moment. That yeah. was quite the moment. Yeah, yeah. All right, before we completely break down, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna all go have a good cry now. Yeah, right. <laughs> thanks, John. All right, thank, thank you, John, for thank everything you and for being here. All right, thanks. Eric. Yes, Christopher? Have you been to my website lately? Why would I go to your website? You're sitting right here. Well, it's the place to find out all about my new books. Why would I go to your website for that? Again, you're sitting right here. All right. Well, for people who aren't right here, ChristopherRiceBooks.com is a great place to get information about my new releases. Which you'll give me copies of because I'm sitting right here. Yeah, maybe. But for those who aren't currently sitting in our studio on the Sunset Strip, check out my website, sign up for my mailing list, and check out all the posts on my blog where I talk smack about Eric Shaw Quinn. What smack? Shut up and read this new book I wrote. Fuck that and fuck ChristopherRiceBooks.com. This ad did not go as planned. This was an ad? That was an honor. That was incredible. <laughs> it's always great to have John here. I I am so appreciative that he followed this through and that he has gotten the justice for Billy that we've all hoped for and mm-hmm. kind of didn't really expect to find. And, right. But to have him say that this wouldn't have happened without us is yeah. That's pretty big. That that, pretty <clears throat> that one broke me up. That one yeah. when he said on behalf of LAPD, I was like, oh, uh, that's when I lost I'm it. I'm gonna too. lose it. I'm not gonna yeah. make it through this. And yeah, yeah, that was that's pretty incredible. Yeah, I. It's an incredible story anyway. But but to think that to have started out with this as you know with that with very little in the way of expectation and really just wanting to honor Billy and to have wound up in a place where we could give help give his yeah. family some kind of um, I did, peace in this just to hear an account of 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 what happened when his sister was told about the confession was was you know cuz that that was obviously she was always the family was always front and center in my mind the sadness i felt when i discovered that his father had passed away his father used to walk santa monica boulevard retracing his steps you know i I just bless his heart and he was never and you know as we learned by way of the la times article which was some we knew some things here that we were not 
talking about on the podcast. They weren't pivotal to the case, but we knew personality details, stuff that we weren't willing to share, a lot of which was about people who were not public about their involvement in the porn industry at the time, so we weren't going to start running our mouths about their experiences. But the LA Times article made clear that Billy's father threw him out for being gay, and after his murder, Billy's father became the point person to the LAPD. He was the one who identified his remains. He flew out here. He was uh, heavily involved in 2005 when they reopened, reinvigorated the investigation. I can't imagine what that man must have gone through after having done something so heinous. And I mean, it's the thing, always say that you love the person that you're talking to, if you do. <laughs> Not just, you know, right. thanks for helping me with this AT&T and just, yeah. just, I love you. <laughs> Not them. But like, if you really do love the person, like always end those conversations in a loving place because you never know what's going to be your last conversation with somebody. Anyway, to think of that poor man as having thrown his son out and then that was kind of the next. It's just incredible. It is. It is an unbelievable confluence of events and of characters. Right. And we're we're devoting this month to l- talking to all of the people involved in this to honor Billy, to honor getting justice for Billy, and to honor the people who stepped up and took an effort. Our next guest will yes. actually be Clark, the the person that um the hero that yeah. that John called a savant that yeah. he said he would be happy to happy to open his office to at any time that who really made the connections that that solved this case yeah. that brought us to, in, into contact with with Daryl Lynn and brought the, the confession. confession that has brought the closure to this entire horrible tragic affair. A horrible tragic affair. But but you know, I and I think there's a lesson here. I you know, I know you can tell I'm the child of a college professor because I want to end with a lesson. <laughs> you know, everybody I talked to who thought they were true crime junkies or thought they knew about this was always like DNA, 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 DNA. And we really learned about the limits of DNA specifically for an older case that when they run DNA tests it actually uses up the available DNA. That was news to me. Yeah. I, I had always been dubious of D- DNA in this case because of the the circumstances in which they found the remains that they did find. I just thought, a dumpster, how are you really going to be? Like, if I was the defense lawyer, all I would have to say was dumpster, and that would be the end of that Right. as a line of of proof. I just, I never had much faith in it. And as it turned out, it was really research, good old-fashioned research, as, as John said. And Clark is apparently beyond par excellence. So um, we we will be having him on next week's show. Next week's show. Clark Williams will be joining us in the studio as justice for uh, Billy Month continues. Yeah, absolutely. And then after that, Rachel Mason, the documentarian, who's putting together a movie about the case. And then Kevin Rector, the L.A. Times reporter. on the front page of the L.A. Times, which is maybe my favorite part of this whole story. This should have been front page news from the beginning, and it is now. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Until next week and forever after, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you're listening to TDPS Presents Christopher. And Eric. Justice for Billy. Thanks. This is TDPS.